and welcome to another episode of Smith & Hesson. I'm Goldrick. Very excited to be joining Ranks today. Uh, we've got Mike Hesson from India and we have got the wonderful Ian Smith coming to us from the Hawke's Bay. I'm here in the Sky Sports studio. This is all very exciting. Uh, let's start in India. Mike, hello. Welcome. How's it going over there? IPL just a few days away from starting. How's it all going? Yeah, it's been really good. Thanks, Laura. It's um, a bit different than every other uh, IPL in terms of preparation. Uh, obviously, we're you know players are, are drip feeding in terms of their arrival time, um, and then obviously having to go into quarantine. So every day we have some new faces at training, um, and they're pretty pretty keen to get out, having spent seven days sort of isolated in their room. So um, yeah, we're only three days away, so everyone's uh, starting to ramp up pretty quickly. What are the precautions that are being taken over in India? Is there anything different from uh, what happened in Dubai? No, very similar in terms of the bio bubbles. So, um, you know, we're, um, as I said, we're, we've basically got three floors in a hotel. We've got our own entrance, um, own exit point. Pretty much we're only hotel, bus and, and ground. So outside of that, um, we don't really see or, or hear from anybody else. Uh, we understand, obviously, what's happening in India and, and it's, it's going through that second wave, but we feel like we're, uh, we're pretty secluded from, from that. And once everyone arrives in the bubble, we certainly feel much safer. So they're coming in uh, thick and fast, the players. How does that affect your preparation as you get closer and closer to that first game? Uh, yeah, you, you've got to be pretty flexible in terms of that because obviously, you know, from a bowling point of view, if you've been locked away in your room for seven days, it's not a matter of being able to come straight out and, and jump on the park and, and ramp it up. So we've obviously got to put plans in place around that. Um, you, you know, the, a lot of the NOCs from the teams, uh, you know, they did, weren't able to leave until after... Uh, the 1st of April, so therefore, you know, with us being the first game, it makes it a bit challenging. And look, a lot of teams have had some issues with players testing positive as well, so then there's, there's protocols uh, in place for that. So, um, yeah, every day is uh, a bit of a challenge, but we just can't wait to get started. What happens if someone tests positive? Does it just shut down games? I mean, we don't want to talk about that. I know that's not something that anyone wants to bring up, but is that is that how quickly it would happen? You'd just... Shut down trainings. Everyone goes back to their rooms. No games. Oh, look! Everyone's tested every every three days. But in terms of um, you know getting into the bubble, you have to go through a certain number of negative tests. If you don't, then you can't enter the bubble. And if someone's positive, then they get whisked away into a um, a different part of the hotel and have to go through a fourteen day quarantine and and get two clear tests before they're able to re-enter the bubble. So um, yeah, look, it's very strict, and there's everyone's wearing fobs, so you know exactly. Uh, everyone's GPS, so you know who you're, who you're close to and who they need to track. So it's all very well, all, all very professional. It sounds, although it makes um, being in New Zealand seem pretty easy breezy, eh, Smithy? Well, it does, Laura. I mean, you know, we're not getting paid the kind of money that Mike Hesson's getting paid to, to be uh, in lockdown <laughs> and, and doing this gig over there. But uh, for, for our pittance, I'm pretty happy that I can uh, pop down the road and have a pint with my mates every now and then and uh, go to golf, uh, you know, which is uh, which is about all that's left at the moment. So, hey, and some rugby too. We're doing some rugby, of course, on Sky as well. But, uh, look, it's been, been absolutely fantastic. I reckon for a couple of Kiwis in particular, Mike, um, for coming to you, Kyle Jamison and Finn Allen, man, not only is it uh, a new experience altogether for them going into this kind of environment, uh, but I wouldn't have had too much experience either with COVID. So real quick learning curve for them uh, and get, they're going to hit the ground running. 
Yeah, well, Kyle um, yeah, came well, to training Kyle last night, so, or yesterday afternoon, so he um, he passed his test, or we got the result about three o'clock in the afternoon, so straight in the car to practice. Um, him and Glenn Maxwell um, pretty much straight out of the car and into the nets and, and then into an open wicket, so... Um, yeah, pretty fast, quick introduction. Um, hadn't even met most of his teammates by the time he went out to bat. Um, but yeah, we've just had some one-on-ones with uh, with Kyle uh, this morning just to make sure he's really, really clear around, I guess, our expectations um, and, and make sure we marry that up with, with how he's uh, comfortable to perform his role. Um, but you're right, yeah, everything's going to be new. He wasn't even sure what to order for breakfast this morning. Um, so we've got a few yeah, lessons we've got to teach him over the next few days, that's for sure. Down. <laughs> Talk to us about Finn Allen. What are the chances that he will get a game? Will we see him? Because we saw very briefly at Eden Park some of what he's capable of. And it was exciting. It was really exciting to watch him and Guttel going at both ends. How likely is he to get a game for you? Well, look, he's unavailable for the first game um, due to quarantine. So he'll come out later. So, look, I mean, Finn's been um, selected as a, as a backup player for us, obviously, through the top of the order. Um, we know that he's in good touch and, and certainly that will give him confidence and it will give our, us more confidence to, to use him if required. Um, and I guess with whenever you've got eight overseas and obviously only four play, um, you know, you just got to make sure that all of the guys are ready to step in at any stage. So uh, we'd like to use him in the role that he's confident at. So if he gets an opportunity, uh, we'd have no issues at all in chucking him up the top and just saying, uh, yeah, carry on your, what you've done the last 12 months and uh, certainly he's arrived with plenty of confidence, which is great. And a few more followers on Instagram, I see. Smithy, I'd love to hear from you your thoughts around the Kiwis that are about to uh, take to the IPL because unlike a lot of the international teams, we've had a lot of cricket in the build-up to this IPL, a lot of uninterrupted cricket. Uh, we've got Nishim over there, Adam Milne, Trent Bolt, they're obviously at the Mumbai Indians. You've got Kane Williamson at Sunrisers, Mitchell Santner at Chennai, and Tim Seifer and Lockie Ferguson, not to mention Finn Allen uh, and uh, who else? We just talk about Kyle Jameson. Um, who are you most interested to see get stuck in over there? Well, Laura, it's a, a new twist to it, obviously, this year. Normally, we watch the, the IPL as its own entity, and, and that's fine. But there is a, 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 a sort of a double-edged sword to it this time round because, uh, of course, later in the year, and uh, COVID being um, acceptable at that time of the year, the T20 World Cup will be played. So we have to look at how those guys that you've just mentioned uh, are going to be able to play in Indian conditions for the first time, and are they going to be a point of difference uh, that they are when they play here in New Zealand. So I guess Gary Stead and Gavin Larson and co will be having a close look at that. Look, Kane Williamson is undoubted. He's been a star and he, you know in the games that he will play, he won't come off every time, um, but he will come off to the required number of times that he's a really key component in the Sunrisers team. The worry I've got about Kane Williamson is injury. Uh, we, we, we're hearing about these injuries all the time, little niggles here and there. Uh, I just hope that he stays fit fully. Uh, the other thing to bear in mind, of course, Laura, straight after this IPL is the, the Tour of England incorporating in the World Test Championship match as well. So there are lots of things just happening. It just doesn't close. The door doesn't close at the end uh, of the IPL. I, I want to see the continued development of Adam Milne. I, I hope he gets some opportunities at the Mumbai Indians. He won't be first cab off the rank for us because you can only have four overseas players, of course, and Trent Bolt is, is a given to start. Uh, but if the injury permits and he gets a go, I want to see him bowling with pace and fire and staying fit. Uh, and Lockie Ferguson on, on the, is in the same bracket, really. 
whether uh, Brendan finds room for him, I'm not quite sure. Uh, they've got four pretty highly established overseas players and in the fast bowling department, of course, you've got uh, Pat Cummins and, and will he be, he be able to get a chance alongside him and learn something? Uh, they're, they're the kind of key players. I'm worried about Tim Seifert. I'm worried about his future because, of course, we saw Devin Conway wicket-keeping. We'll come to that a wee bit later. Uh, but that, does that mean that he's under severe pressure? How many opportunities will he get in the IPL? I am not too sure. Uh, in terms of uh, Jimmy Neesham, I think he'll be a bit part player. Mitchell Santner has proven effective on occasions over there. And, you know, he's been a good consistent buy for the Chen uh, for the Chennai Super Kings without being an absolute superstar. Look, you know... Uh, I haven't painted a great picture on it, really, have I? But to be fair, um, I, I want to see a lot of those guys get opportunities, but I'm not quite sure how many will uh, when you look at the structure of the squads and the and, and the ability to play overseas players. Mike, Mike might have some more observations there. I mean, I, I don't know. Do we have to wait for Saturday morning, Mike, to find out whether Kyle Jamison gets a start, whether Finn Allen gets a start? Have you made your mind up or even close to it? Well, we have with Finn because he'll still be in his hotel room, so that one's easy. Um, but yeah, with Kyle, I mean, look, he's um, you know he's uh, had an amazing twelve months, um, and he had some challenges after the auction, which you know a lot of people go through. Um, but we got a lot of confidence in the role that he plays with the team. Uh, you know, we're gonna gonna not have a full contingent of people available, so there's a very high chance that he's gonna gonna play for us and play a really important role in those those first few games. Um, but I, I think it is about all those overseas um, being professional enough to make sure that they're ready to go when they're asked. Because most of those players you've talked about um, might not necessarily be first choice players, and you know, in a, if everybody's available and fit. But the reality of a 14-game season is that um, a lot of changes are going to have to take place. So um, you know, those players are going to have to grab the opportunity when they do. Therefore, be able to get some further opportunities to force their case for the World Cup later in the year. So what better opportunity to do it than in conditions that uh, we're going to face in about six months' time? So, Smithy, what, uh, from a, a Tim Seifert's point of view, from a keeping perspective, what have you, uh, what have you seen um, over the home summer that you've liked and what have you seen where it potentially needs to, to develop further? Look, I, I think he's, um, he's keen. He's, his technique is not too bad. I, I just think he's too... I sometimes think he's too busy. And the other thing about being a gloveman and, and a high top-order player in terms of batsmen is pretty hard job to do. I mean, Gilchrist did it with aplomb. Um, there's been a few around that have been able to do it. Quinton de Kock does it very well. But to mix those two skills in at key elements within a, a match, particularly at the start uh, when the pressure goes on, I'm not sure if whether Tim Seifert has to sit back for a while um, and, and just reassess things. Uh, the, the obvious guy would be his coach, but his coach is Brendan. Um, so it, it, it's that tricky situation. Uh, I, I, I'm a bit worried for him because I saw Conway come in to a pretty damn good job. Um, and of course, his batting is undeniable and it frees up another opportunity within the side if he can do both roles. And Tim Seifert might be a victim at the moment as I look at it, which is a shame. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, obviously. I guess I look at the, the first game in Wellington where... Australia opened with spin, um, you know, both ends, and it, it was difficult to score. Um, and I think we know um, that Gup's obviously going to be there. Um, Gupto, and he's, he's, I think, the ability to have a left-hander to complement him, especially when the ball's turning over here, you know, would certainly play more in Conway's favour, uh, batting at the top than potentially uh, Tim Seifert's. 
Uh, and I guess Tim's got that opportunity over the next two months to continue to develop his his work against spin and on slower surfaces. So, you know, whether he gets those playing opportunities, I guess only time will tell. What about Glenn Phillips? What do you, how do you see his role? I mean, he bowled in three of those games. Um, is, is, he, is he developing into a one-over, two-over type quick-change bowler just to mix things up, as well as his batting, which is, you know, on occasions his, his batting is it's quite devastating. I mean, he can be a match winner. But does he come off often enough for you? I mean, is he a two out of ten type match winner, or do you need his ratio to be higher than that? Oh, look, I like him in the middle there. I think he's he's been able to add some real impetus to the middle. Um, I mean, New Zealand's record through those middle overs the last twelve months has been the best in the world by a long way, and I think you know Glenn Phillips has played a big role in that. Um, he's not afraid to sacrifice himself, which I like. You know, he's actually able to go out there and just apply pressure. Um, take pressure off the, the set batsman. So, um, you know, that's a great skill to have in that middle order. But, yeah, I think his bowling uh, is really important. I mean, they've looked at Mark Chapman as well. I think you need a third spinner in your lineup. Uh, you know, Satner and Sodi, I think, are a given. So if you're able to have that that third spinner in your lineup who's able to, to get it in the side purely as a batsman, it just allows you so many more options in terms of balancing out your side. So, you know, Tim, Tim Southey showed some real confidence in, in Phillips uh, at some tough times. Um, I know uh, Glenn Phillips has been really keen to bowl in international cricket, and he looks like he loves it. Uh, in some games, he might be one over, but there were some games, uh, one in Napier in particular, where he bowled three and, and played a, a huge role. So um, I think the New Zealand selectors will be delighted the fact that he's been able to show that skill. And Mark Chapman uh, does it the other way, but the fact that you've got a left-arm spinner in Satna uh, a wrist spinner in Sodi, and then you've got the offie to potentially match up against left-handers. I think the selectors will be licking their lips over that one. Probably in just about every, every episode because he continues to impress and we continue to find more things about him. Uh, the other thing that interests to me is, uh, does he just ease his way straight across into the test side? I mean, uh, I, I, he's definitely going to be in that squad for the three tests that they're playing in England. Does he just automatically get a start in the in the first test. The problem you have, Mike, of course, is he wouldn't be available for the Lord's Test match. Some of these guys in the IPL who go the distance may well not be, it, it appears. Yeah, look, I think your, your first question about, about Conway, um, I think he has to, that, that gap at the top of the order, I think has opened up because Tom Blundell's now batting in the middle order for Wellington. Um, and he's had some success batting at five. Uh, it's almost like he's... You know, I'm sure it's a team situation, and because he's keeping, they would have done that. Uh, but I think it just reinforces um, you know, Tom Blundell's strength in that middle order um, in terms of counter-attacking, uh, in terms of doing that role when BJ Watling has, has finally moved on. You know, That's a lovely uh, succession plan there. And we know he can bat at the top if required, but it's very hard to leave a player of Conway's ability out. Um, I know the selectors have been really consistent in what they've done, which, which is great. Um, but, you know, I've also heard Gary Stead say he's he's too tough a man to leave out. So um, he will get those opportunities in those first two tests before the World Test Championship. They probably both will in terms of Blundell and Conway, which will be great. Um, and then I guess you can make more of an informed decision. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting who is going to line up in that first test match on the 2nd of June uh, with potentially so many players from the IPL either still playing or in quarantine and, and heading over to, to England. So we're going to see uh, the depth that New Zealand cricket has created. We are going to see it in action in a test match, which uh, we probably never thought we would.